Yeah, what is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. How is everyone doing today? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict the future because I know this is not released immediately, but I'll probably be a few weeks into my fitness journey and just know that it is going well. I'm going to speak it into existence that it is going well, I'm feeling well, and I'm sticking to the plan. And speaking of sticking to the plan, thank you all for sticking with me. Those of you who like, share, subscribe, post, all of those beautiful things, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you again. Now, we're going to get right to it. We got a special guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I have all kinds of people on the show from different walks of life all the time. And if memory serves me correct, if memory serves me correct, this is actually my first, actually, yeah, this is the first time I've actually had an actual relative on this show. I've had close friends. I've had fraternity brothers. This is the first relative I've ever had on the show. This is awesome. This is what support and love feels like. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we have a classically trained statistician, health and wellness coach, and sound journey conductor, Miss Charlene Wilson. Woo! Hey, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, cousin. Yo, first of all, you're, you're um, your titles. Wow. I've been busy. Yeah, listen, yes, you have. Like, I. So, first question for you: Who is Charlene Wilson? I would say multifaceted. Uh, I really enjoy getting into a lot of things. I appreciate family. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing you know during the pandemic that has been important to me is really the self exploration. So I actually haven't minded spending time alone because it really gave me time to kind of look at myself. Same I think here. people would describe me as funny. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so much, you know. It's it's kind of why you know, as as is true with everybody. There, there's so much. If someone says, "Who are you?" It's like, well. Is there any context or anything? But it's like, you know, I enjoy the cerebral. I enjoy having fun. Uh, I'm I'm a helper. Uh, I I think I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Those all sound like very positive and wonderful things. And I, you know, just from the the short amount of time I've been able to spend with you because of my crazy life, um, I would say that those things are true. Um, now, just reading off these titles, I got to start with this one: a classically trained statistician. I'm trash at math, even though I'm going to be teaching it next year. How did you get into that? What 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 was that journey into becoming a statistician like? This will sound. I mean, it it you know, I am fully appreciative of being able to to have education and things like that. So when I say how I came to it, I you know, it in no way diminishes like the work that has to be done or the fact that I was able to do it. But it was quite by accident. <clears throat> okay. I started a little bit of my studies when I was an undergrad. Um, I studied some managerial statistics because I was in a B school. 
And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I really want to pursue that more. But right now, you know, I'm, I'm at the end of my, my undergrad. So, you know, I'll move on, find a job, whatever. And so then I found a job and this job had an amazing tuition reimbursement program or what have you. And I found a program that was on the red line because <laughs> I lived in DC at the time. It was on the red line. Mm. Um, they paid the, the, the place I worked for paid for a hundred percent of the first course and 80% of the second, uh, for each semester. So that, you know, you just had to get a C or better and the GRE and no GREs or, you know, uh, testing were, were involved. And so I was like, well, I can make this work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not the most like, like a lot of people are like, what does this do for your career? But I was really about seeking the knowledge. Yeah. And I also was like, I'm seeking the knowledge, but I want it in a very easy way. So I was like, I lived on the red line. My workplace was pretty close to the red line. And this school was pretty close to the red line. Mm -hmm. uh, no GREs. So I didn't have to sit for a test and study and things like that. And somebody was willing to pay. So that that worked out perfectly. Yeah, that definitely sounds like it worked out perfectly for you. Sheesh. More tuition reimbursement if you're out there listening institutions. So with, with that training that you got and becoming a statistician, what did you do with that? What did that entail? It's so funny if you, like when I went to B school, uh, I was what's called, I think it's called a management scholar. So they named seven of them in the entire B school for the year. And they do a magazine article on us. And if you looked at my magazine article, I just did exactly what I said I was going to do. I said, I'm finishing this degree. I'll probably go and get a master's degree somewhere and I'll be a financial analyst. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I started off doing. So I, I worked at a think tank for a little while. And then I worked on housing policy when I was in that think tank. Okay. And then from there, uh, I went on to a very large financial services company. And there I was doing statistical modeling and data analysis and just a lot of stuff related to uh, mortgages. Ugh. How do you feel about the housing market right now? I think it's it's very challenging. <laughs> I, I do, you know, like it, it's interesting. What what really is concerning to me is the rental market right now. Yeah. Um it it's very concerning in watching how some are taking advantage. Yeah. And taking advantage either way. But it's like hearing about people who are having people apply, yep. you know, for, for rental properties. Uh, and, you know, they don't have any intention of doing that. They're making money on application fees. Like I saw something somewhere where um, somebody had collected something like $13,000 in application fees. And then when you deduct, say, the $2,000 in rent, so you just made $11,000 and there's nothing governing that. Yeah. So people take advantage of that demand and it's like, you know, it, it's almost like a bidding war even for rentals where I can put up two months rent plus the last, and this, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot. So I think, you know, there needs to be a lot more protection. Like people aren't renting just because they have no other choice. Some people actively choose to rent Yep. yep. because they're like, I don't really want the hassle of taking care of a house and things like that. I want to be able to just call somebody or whatever, or, you know what? I know I'm only going to be here for a couple of years. So I'm not buying a house. Like there's many different reasons for that, but I think there needs to be some more protections, but at the same time, I mean, there needs to be fairness. Like it can't be that 
landlords are left out there either. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard because uh you know shout out to my mentor and broker Corwin J Millett, Exit Realty Low Country Group. Yeah, it went crazy, man. When the pandemic started and people stopped paying rent, and you know the banks weren't on board yet with giving the landlords a break, <laughs> it was like, yo, <laughs> what are you doing? Like you just stopped paying me, um, and yeah, the the pricing. The price, first of all, where I'm at now in Northern Virginia, like rent is was already ridiculous in 2019 when I got here. But now I'm really looking around and I don't understand how some people are able to afford it. Like I really do not get it. I don't understand it. Like some of the rent around here is a paycheck and a half for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, and that's just rent. That ain't cable, internet, what you need, your utilities. Oh, I'm not even gonna start talking about gas. Like it is you're right, it's getting absolutely ridiculous. I do think there also, yeah, like you said, needs to be more regulations because there are people who take advantage. I, I think I saw something similar to what you said. Somebody posted it like on Instagram saying, Oh, you know, be very careful. Uh one thing to be mindful of is like looking at rental properties online. And if they've had a bunch of showings or it's been up there for months yep. and it has not rented yet, like that person is like literally collecting application fees and no, you're not renting a property. Like, what are you really doing? Um, and the other thing that's really tough and saddening is, you know, when you're renting, that money is gone. It's not an investment. There's no equity. There's no kickback. There's no return. To my knowledge, I'm not a tax expert. There's no tax break, nothing. Like, that money is gone. So imagine renting a place $2,000, $2,200, $2,300 a month and trying to save for a house, which that's a whole nother can of worms with this, <laughs> this housing market. Wild, wild west. The other story that I heard, though, was that um, I, the story I heard was just about women, so it's not to make it just about women, but... Um, in, in there were some examples where landlords were asking for sexual favors in exchange for not being able to pay the rent. And I'm like, that is illegal and there needs to be something done about that. So people taking advantage in many different ways. That is absolutely disgusting. You know, um, taking advantage of people in any way, especially in that way, a sexual way, when they're just down on their, down on their luck because a lot of people did lose their jobs during the pandemic and they don't know what to do and did not know what to do. But I mean, come on. Like that's, that's ugh, ugh. okay. Um, ill, but I will say a special prayer for those of you who are going through and experiencing struggles with the housing and renting market. Um, we do not know what the future holds, but, um, <clears throat> I just hope it gets better before it gets worse. And I do hope that there is some type of relief, like as a teacher, I really wish there was something, you know, funded by the government or something like that to really help us as well. Like, even if there's like, hey, we're going to build a specific community or apartment complexes for teachers and give them special rates or something like that, because it's really tough. Like, we don't get guaranteed raises. We Well, we don't get guaranteed step increases. We get a raise, but, like, there's, like, a chart that says, hey, you're supposed to make this much next year, but if... A and B don't add up. They say, hey, yeah, you know what we're supposed to give y'all? We can't give you that. But here's 2%, you know, instead of your 5 or 6, here's 2%. And it's just like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> but I digress. Well, hold on. One more question, though, cousin. Is that something you would do, though? 
Who me? Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely take advantage of that. Um, I, I mean, would you be the creator of it? Would create it? Yes. <laughs> you have real estate experience. You have the ability to get people to help you and invest. You have honesty, integrity, and good ideas. And even if it might not necessarily be exactly in your neighborhood, um, looking around in the DMV, there are probably some properties that uh, you could look into. Look at you uh, giving me these bright ideas. I will add that to my notepad over here. <laughs> Teacher housing. If anyone has questions, he actually is writing it down. I'm, I'm looking at him do it right <laughs> now. I am. Um, I'm looking forward to new ideas. I've been clearing, uh, much like you, I've done some self-exploration, and I've kind of narrowed the field, and I know what I'm into, what I'm not into, and I've cleared a lot of stuff off my plate so I can make room for more fruitful things in my life. Um, so, And I have a lot of connections, too. So even if it's not me, I might know someone that knows somebody that can say, hey, we should write this policy and do this. So I definitely took note of that. Cousin, question for you. So yeah. how did you end up in the field of being a health and wellness coach? What, what led you there? Because you went from statistician to health and wellness, which they don't even, I'm trying to think of where the connection is and I don't even see it. <laughs> Everybody is multifaceted. Nobody is just this one thing, right? Mm -hmm. So one, I am still working as a statistician, by the way. Okay. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's when I started to explore my spirituality when is when this all kind of started to come up. So I started going down a path of just having an understanding, you know, I think that there's just more to, to just what is say in these four walls or what's immediately like, there's just, there's more. And I want to do some exploration. And once I put that out there, teachers started to show up for different things. <clears throat> and so I've studied shamanism. I've studied Reiki. Um, I've worked on meditation and all of these things, the way I would do it and when I would share it, I was like, this is something I can be sharing with others. I am a pretty good teacher. Uh, and there's, you know, that sort of helping piece to me as well. And so in putting all of that together and continuing to work on other things, that's when I was like, you know, the thing that would pull this all together is the health and wellness coaching. Um, I probably focus a lot more on the wellness because I feel like that's very encompass encompassing. Mm -hmm. well, what, but what exactly is wellness? Wellness is mind, body, and spirit working at a level, at an optimal level. Okay. It, I, I take the health part out of it. it. It's, it's there. Yes. You know, like health and wellness, but it's like, you can be, you can have a terminal illness, mm -hmm. but you can still be well. Yes. Because you've done work so that your mind, body, and spirit has come to understand what is happening, has come to understand what the approach is going to be. How do I want the remaining part of my life to be? How am I going to be enjoying that? Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. What? And you, so, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So I was just going to finish the last question by just saying that th when I studied health and wellness coaching, it gave me a framework to work with. So it's one thing to have the skills 
to be able to talk to people about spirituality and, and meditation and things like that, things that will um, help with what's going on in this life. But <clears throat> understanding things like intrinsic motivation. Yeah. Understanding like how to ask questions. And in my program, you know, you, you spend a lot of time breaking your own self down and then building yourself back up again, because you have to ask yourself some very hard questions and you actually have to write these things out. You actually have to share them with other people. So you learn to be vulnerable, things like that. But then you learn about the science that's also there. You learn about the different fields like psychology and things like that, so that you understand what is the approach. Your doctor can tell you all day, you need to lose weight, your blood pressure is high, you're anemic, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. But until you understand what the intrinsic motivation is, like why you would want to change it for yourself, mm-hmm. you're not going to have as high a success rate. And so being able to take that and package it up with these other skills is really what led me to that, to health and wellness coaching. Oh, that's profound. You got me thinking about, like, as you're talking, I'm thinking about my journey in life as to where I was, you know, physically, mentally, and spiritually, and where I am now. I'm so calm. I'm so peaceful. And my intrinsic motivation is um, really wanting to enjoy life. You know, I've heard, and you hear a lot of people saying health is wealth, and all these things about your health. And thank God, I've never been really, really, really sick, but I've been unhealthy before. And then I got healthy or healthier and I felt way, everything was better. My attitude, my, the way I felt about myself, my self-confidence, um, just everything was better. And I was like, hmm. And then the pandemic hit and then I got fat again. So now I'm back on the journey because I'm like, hey, I want to get back to feeling like that. Like I didn't feel as bad as I felt before, but I had that little voice in my head saying, hey, I ain't getting a little flabby there. Oh, clothes fitting a little too tight. Mm, hey, you might need a 2X again. And I'm like, mm, nah, we got to do something about this. I want to get back to that. And I know that I'm going to reach new heights of success. And I want to, you know, do all that I can to take care of my physical body so that I can be alive and be well and be here to enjoy it for a good bit of time. Like, I don't want to have, you know, reach my height of success and then I'm sick because I can't put pork chops down or something like that, or I don't ever work out, or I'm drinking too much and stuff like that. So um, the other part of that for me, hi, honey. My girlfriend just came home, y'all, and she got to go to work. Did you buy something? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's my intrinsic Are motivation. Are you interfering with her wellness plan? I am not interfering with her wellness plan. Therapy. <laughs> <clears throat> Next question. <laughs> <clears throat> you mentioned something. You did you say chakra and Reiki? Is that what you said? <laughs> I see you've been doing some research because I didn't say chakras at all. But I guess I think you've been doing. You some said research. Reiki though. I did say Reiki. Okay. But I didn't say anything about what, chakras? You, but they are important. <laughs> wait, what did you say? What's the other word? You said something similar. Sh- sh- what'd you say? I said shamanism. <laughs> okay, shamanism, chakra, chakra no, con. No, they close. No, no. Oh, cousin. Oh, cousin. <laughs> That's why I'm asking questions. So, what are those things? I've heard people on Clubhouse talk about Reiki and stuff like that, and I ran from the conversation because I was like, "Y'all scaring me," because they were talking about having like altars and talking to their ancestors, and I was like, "Okay, let me get out of here." Um, it wasn't for me, but I have an expert in front of me now. So, <laughs> so before we go there, I would just like to say that 
when we start talking about things like shamanism, Reiki, it doesn't have to be in conflict if you tend to be more of a religious person. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. When I talk about these things with people, I do try to sort of layer things on. So um, th- let me tell you a little bit about those things. And then maybe I'll give you an example of how I would speak so that the room is fairly open for those that are religious and spiritual. Does that work? Yeah, sure. Okay. So if I just talk about Reiki and I'm, I'm really not going to go into a lot of details um, because it's been a long time since I've explained this to somebody because now it's just sort of a, it's just sort of there, but Reiki is a system of energy healing. Mm-hmm. So can you think back when you were a child and you like, uh, is she walking by? I can see, you know, I can Good. see you, right, cousin. Sorry, no, you Hi. wanted a smooch. Is that why you came over here? Yeah. All right. Hurry up. Come on. Continue. My, sorry, cousin. Y'all getting Hold all this on live. Is this going to... Hi. Go. I don't oh. get a hello. Hi. Oh. That's my cousin, Chaz. Hi. How are you? I'm totally like on your side. Retail therapy, whatever. Like, go for it. If that if that's what helps with your wellness, awesome. She says she's on your side. Totally retail therapy. I whatever appreciate helps. it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I want to hear more about the Reiki later. Because I don't know what it is, but I've heard of it. So, nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. Nice meeting you too. And my podcast has been taken over. Well, you have to listen to the episode. <laughs> but okay, go ahead. I just love that. I have a person who looks at me that way too. It's a wonderful feeling. It is a wonderful feeling. That's how she's looking at me right now until I do something stupid. Stupid. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Your interview's next, babe. My interview. Go ahead, cousin. Sorry. Pardon the interruptions. <laughs> so, Reiki, so think back to a time when you were a kid and you hurt yourself, and the first thing your mom did was to just maybe grab a hold of the part that was hurting. Mm-hmm. It's very instinctual. But, I mean, you could see that as a form of using, you know, your mother using energy to just make it hurt less. It's like that, but it's very systematic. Um, you there, there are symbols that go with it, and there are you know different kind of hand positions, ways that you boost it. But I mean, essentially, it's an energy healing type of um, modality. Energy healing. Mm, okay. Okay. And so, if we think about this, it's like fine to be religious, fine to be spiritual, because it's like, well, one could ask the question. Uh, for instance, why was Reiki brought to me if I'm more tend to be religious? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's to get you thinking about some other ways that you can enhance your current lifestyle. It isn't necessarily that you're turning your back on whoever it is that you pray to. Okay. The other thing is, I mean, there's lots of reference to people laying hands and things like this, right? Yeah. So just because it's called Reiki. It's like, okay, well, I understand it to be this, but I still get the concept. Does that mean the concept is not valid? Okay. Okay. So when I have these conversations or say we talk about chakras, which are um, the energy wheels, um, which if you have those balanced, then it's supposed to be good for you on many levels. Okay. Um, But, you know, when we talk about that, Okay, let's say we talk about the root chakra, which is at the very base of your spine. It's like when we talk about this, um, 
someone who's religious might think, well, am I going against my religion? And it's like, well, when we think about what a chakra might represent, then, you know, it's for the good of you. Mm-hmm. And so once you get that concept, then it's like, well, maybe it's just for me to focus on what a specific chakra is about. Maybe I don't necessarily use all the ways that I, they might be telling me, but it is still something to say, let me focus on it. So like throat chakra communication. So if we work on that, it's like, okay, communication is good for everybody. It doesn't matter whether you're religious or whether you're spiritual, right. but it is something to work on. When an energy healer works with you, they might say, you know, there's definitely, you know, just based on what they pick up, you're not communicating very well. Or there's some things that you're not communicating that need to be said. And it's like, well, is that ungodly or whoever it is you pray? Not necessarily. I mean, that's a good thing for everybody. So that's kind of how we have that conversation. Got you. So, yeah, I could see, I guess some people kind of look at it as, um... And this is just me assuming, you know, you can't look at everyone who is into these things or do these things professionally and think they're trying to replace God or they're trying to, quote unquote, lay hands and cure you and, quote unquote, fix you as if they're Jesus or whoever you represent. There are talented people on this planet who are in tune with specific parts of the body inside, outside, just just like a masseuse or your doctor. You go to these people for their expertise to help you in this physical form. And some people do help you when it comes to your energy as well, but that doesn't mean that they're anti-religion. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, see, I've been listening. Uh, <laughs> now, you mentioned another thing. Uh, actually, no, let's talk about being a sound journey conductor that super we had a con we actually had a a off-air conversation a few weeks ago when you were telling me about this and you yeah i have a teacher i I came prepared i have a teacher who does that in the hallway at the end of the day i forgot what the name i don't know the name of everything but go ahead Um, I, I think our listeners don't know what just happened. So I, I just pulled up a large uh, Tibetan singing bowl just to let cousin know, hey, I, I, I brought some instruments just in case you wanted to talk about that today. So, um, you know, with if you, you want me to just talk a little bit about what it is? Absolutely. Okay. So again, I, I start with a question. Two questions, I guess. So I think a lot of people have maybe seen these videos where there's like sand on the table or there's water and somebody plays a sound and it starts to like vibrate in a certain way or make a pattern, things like mm. that. And so if it can do that, then why can't it do do that with your body, with your cells? Your cells, which, you know, a huge portion of us is made of water. So why couldn't we do that? Oh, cool. good point. The second question I asked, depending on who I'm talking to, is did you know that you can put out fire with sound? Excuse me? Yes. <laughs> you can put out fire with sound. I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I could do it, so don't anybody try to call no, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely fire going. Here. If you could show up with your instruments, it's like, no. That's... Don't bring fire to my cousin's office. No, I'm <laughs> definitely going to YouTube it. Someone's done it. Yes, yes. Um, it's, it's interesting. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, 
yeah, you know, this is very interesting, but I'm like, I'm certain I'm being shown this just so I can like have that as one of the stories I tell people and say, did you know that you could put out fire with sound? And so again, it's this idea of using sound and you can change structure. And so when you play these sounds, it takes things that are out of alignment back into alignment. Mm -hmm. Things are moving at a specific frequency and when they're out of frequency, that's when you get into things like discomfort and dis-ease. And so working with these things regularly uh, puts your body, mind and spirit back in alignment. So is this something that someone, so, so how does that like, so you have clients who come to you for like sessions or? I do a lot of sessions online and I've actually been offering these free um, group sound baths during uh, when we were, I started at the beginning of the pandemic doing that because I was like, wow, I'm sure that a lot of people could probably use something like this just as a place to connect and then also to relax because that is also what um, a sound bath can do. Like it can put you in a very relaxed state. What is a sound bath? So it's playing a series of instruments, um, and basically, basically bathing people with sound. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you, you know, many sound baths, you know, could be just laying down or what have you. But I mean, you're free to set practitioners set them up how they want to, right? So mm-hmm. I enjoy playing when people are walking through a labyrinth because that's a contemplative type of activity. Mm-hmm. Um meditation guided meditation i i enjoy that um so different ways of structuring i've seen people do it like in a hammock so they set up a lot of hammocks and Mm -hmm. people just lay in the hammock um somebody did a sound bath in the water they actually had the bowls like in the water and Mm -hmm. were like playing them and what happened you know so lots of different ways to kind of create whatever it is you want to create for the sound bath that you're giving I call it a sound journey because I think, you know, when you come into it versus when you go out of it, it is a little bit of a journey. There mm-hmm. is some self-discovery that happens, however minor. Um, I think that, you know, depending on what you're thinking about, depending on how you're feeling, there is something that comes up for, for most people. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, though I have not had experience with what you're talking about, just thinking about my journey through music in general, it brings up so many feelings, so much emotion, so many thoughts. And that's why, you know, I'm very careful with what I listen to and when I listen to it, because I know my mood is going to be affected by it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Would you like to play a little sample for us? Okay. I'm going to back away just in case it's really loud because I have no idea kind of what you're, what you're cranking I got a little slider over here. So if you're, if you're coming in hot, I can cool you off a little bit. Okay. So I'm just going to let this ring out. So, so let me know if I need to play it again. All right, y'all adjust your headsets real quick. So go ahead. <laughs>
So that's a lower pitch one. I felt that. This, this one's higher pitched, and this is like the first bowl I ever bought. And it's funny how life kind of comes together, because I'm like, this bowl, I've had this bowl for like, gosh, 10 years maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's not until over the last few years that it's really come into play. So here, here's a nice um, crown chakra bowl. And then the last thing I have. You make me feel like I'm in the mountains. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is like, I'm so, I'm like, I'm in listening intently. So like my brain is like, all right, what did you got for me? The last things I have, and generally I use these. These are a little, I think they're better. No, let me not say that. You just have to learn to use them online, but they're what's called tuning forks. This may be much harder to hear. But let's see what happens. I've brought two of them. Isn't it? <laughs> this one's weighted. This is unweighted. I come prepared. Wait, hold them up. Hold them up. Yeah. Oh, I've this... seen those things in like cartoons, but that's. Okay. <laughs> and they like try to find water with them or something. <laughs> okay, go. Practitioners also choose who they work with as well, by the way. Just letting you know. <laughs> I want my sound bath session. Okay. It's very subtle. Can't hear it. Let me turn it up a little. I'm turning you up. I didn't turn. I'm turning you up too. No, I'm turning my mind. Okay. Let's see. It's, it's very subtle. Still nothing? No, I hear it. Yeah. And so these, and let me see, this one's a little bit deeper. So let's see. Can you hear that? Yeah. Okay. So these are t- tuning forks. And actually, I don't know. Do I need to turn my volume back down now? No, you're good. I got, okay. I got volume control you on got the me. side. Okay. Too. Yeah. And so those are tuning forks. And so you have ways of working, um, just sort of with waves and things, but then you could also work, you know, directly on the body, really direct it, like with say a tuning fork. I mean, you can also direct it with a singing bowl and things like that, but just, there's a lot of different tools. This is one that I was like, okay, it'd be a lot to set up, but I have, I have a couple of gongs. I have some chimes. I, I find myself attracted to metal. Um, that seems to be what I work well with. So, so yeah. So, you know, you would go through, anywhere between 30 minutes and an hour, depending on what kind of session uh, is being held with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would just, uh, you know, you you might just be, it might just be a listening session. Um, for me, I often do guided meditations with a focus. So let's say, you know, you know, it's, it doesn't even have to be the beginning of the year, but we want to set intentions for something. Yeah. I work on a guided meditation with you so that one, you're in a very relaxed state. And then two, you have an opportunity to not just say, this is my intention. So like, what's something you're working on, cousin? Pass the peas. Pass the peas? Pass the (laughs) peas. Yes, it is going to be a virtual cookbook where families can 
unite and share memories and recipes together. Okay. So with a friend. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Carl Van. It, that's his baby. I'm just helping. So with this, if we were to come together and I would talk about setting the intention, not only would you sort of put that out there, but then we would walk through a visual where you actually are looking and saying, okay, what does it look like when I reach this? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? Even what does it taste like? Mm. This sort of gets us, it's a nice segue if you're going there, cousin, um, to talk just a little bit about hypnosis. Absolutely, I was going there. <laughs> Um, when you get yourself in a very relaxed state, um, well, let me, let me take a step back. So you have the conscious and subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Subconscious controls a lot of what you do. Things are on routine. So it's like, go and grab that glass of water. Okay. You don't really have to think about it, right? You just yeah. know, grab the glass of water. Okay. But then when you're learning new things, that's where we start working with the conscious mind. And it's like, okay, let me see what steps am I supposed to take and what have you. And this is why sleep is so important because at nighttime, those things that are in the conscious that you just learned, that's when it gets kind of downloaded and stored in the subconscious mind. Uh, and then from there, you kind of just recall it just like a computer program. Okay. And so with things like meditation or hypnosis, one of the first things that we do is to get you into a relaxed state because that relaxed state breaks down the wall between the conscious and the subconscious, thus allowing you to take things from your conscious mind, which is the past, the P's and the idea to the subconscious mind where it just is like, okay, what does that really look like? Brain doesn't know the difference between when you're actually doing something versus when you're visualizing it. <clears throat> and that's why visualization is so powerful. And so when we're talking about uh, doing a sound bath for say setting intentions, running through that visual so that you know what this feels like, you know what it tastes like, you know who's around you, what kind of comments are people making now that you've achieved this? Like, oh, this is a great idea. I can't believe you guys thought of it. I, I sent this off to another several set of family members and we did this with it and whatever, like yeah. it really making those things into reality <clears throat> is what that does for you. You just broke something down for me. Now it makes sense as to why sometimes when I'm working on something or I have an idea and I think about it all day and then at night I kind of can't sleep because my brain is processing it. And sometimes I actually wake up and I'll immediately start taking notes. It was, it's like, I have to, cause I'm like, I don't want to forget this. And I'll be up for like an hour, hour and a half, like literally on my phone taking notes because my brain is like, hey, what about this? What about this? Do this, do that, do this. Like, it's so, it's crazy. It's been a while since it's happened, but um, I'm also not working on anything extra outside of whatever whatever I have going on already. But what you just explained was very interesting. Um, now, hypnosis. So <laughs> the only hypnosis I've ever seen is the ones I don't believe, which is like when they're on TV and they make people bark and do the. Baby, I'm doing an interview right now. Okay. This is literally in the middle of a professional interview. This is my cousin. We have her phone number, okay? We talk to her whenever we want to. I'm just going to give you my girlfriend's phone number so y'all can talk because she, she popped around the corner like, She's not hypnosis. Like, <laughs> but anyway, 
I've only... I just had to laugh a little at the way people imitate other people. <laughs> I just, I had to laugh. Because I've heard the imitation. And so my response to my partner is, I think you need to go higher pitched a little and maybe a little less nasally. And then we move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Because I thought it was like she needed something. And she's like, no, she's want to ask questions. Uh, don't. When you listen to the episode, babe, her links will be in the description too. So you can sign up for some sessions. But hypnosis. So is it, can it really be that serious? Like, you know, if you're that relaxed, someone can literally snap their fingers, put you to sleep and really have you do all these things. Or is it, or is there a more realistic way that it tends to happen? So first, nobody can be hypnotized who doesn't want to be hypnotized. So how do you not want to be hypnotized? You just might be like, I don't want to do it. I mean, so I, I have okay. a friend um, who does like uh, performance hypnosis, if you will. And so he will, you know, sell tickets and everybody comes and, you know, he'll, he'll bring a group of like seven or eight people up or what have you and creates a whole scene and everything. It's, it's very funny. It goes through several different kinds of routines. Hmm. But before he brings them up, he goes through the hypnosis part to put people um, in a more relaxed state. Mm -hmm. And so at that time I was hosting. So I'm like, I'm opting out of it. So I'm not going to pay attention to what's going on. And I'm just not going to like allow myself to relax and things like that. Mm -hmm. The second thing is even when you are hypnotized, nobody can make you do anything that you don't want to do. Okay that you aren't already predisposed to doing. Okay. So I'm, I'm certain, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm certain, even though I can't recall which, I'm certain I've seen some kind of murder mystery where somebody hypnotized somebody and then they snapped their finger and the person went to assassinate some, some somebody. Of like course. <laughs> so yeah. if they didn't want to do it, they wouldn't have done it. If they weren't already predisposed to it, they're not going to, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, there's a lot of supposition <laughs> in that right <laughs> i mean it's fun but it's like you have to check your and it's what people are afraid of like exactly what you're asking now yeah. is people are like okay how do i know someone won't hypnotize me and then be like okay take all the money out of your bank account it's like that no. part <laughs> <laughs> like it, it won't happen if you don't want it to happen interesting you have complete control okay um so what is that what type of hypnosis do you perform so I'm curious as to where that question comes from. What do you mean? Like what? I guess I'm not sure how to answer the question. Oh, what you, type of hypnosis? I mean, do you do you have sessions with people where the, where you hypnotize them, where you use hypnosis? <clears throat> so, yes. The way I do it, it, I use what's called the Taylor Protocol, and so what's nice is it kind of marries up coaching skills with hypnosis okay because again think you need that intrinsic motivation like it's again it has to be something that you want to do so you have to understand what it is that you want what it does for you to get that kind of thing to get the achievement the result it would have you so um but let's say we're talking about uh smoking okay yeah we all we know it's bad and what have you but what specifically for you will it do like what are some benefits so you talk to a client and it's like, I want to quit smoking. Okay, what does that do for you? For them, it's like, yes, it will be healthier, but it might also be, you know what? I'll get to see my grandkids more. 
because my, my kids don't really like for me to be around them smoking and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's been a little bit embarrassing every now and then because now smoking being less prevalent, people can really smell when you smoked and it's yeah. not a good smell. Right? It's never a good smell. Um, and no matter how much my car gets detailed, people who don't smoke can smell it. And, you know, just different things like this. And then we talk about things like the environment, right? And it's like, <laughs> hi again. Uh, <laughs> um, your girlfriend just left? Yeah, she just left to go to work. Okay. Um, I always want to be polite. Open. Okay. Um, so, for, you know, understanding things about kind of what triggers the smoking. Like, what are the situations that you're in? Or what's the setup? So like, for instance, say that because of your living arrangements, you usually go out on the back porch and smoke. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we walk out on that back back porch, there's probably an ashtray there full of cigarettes. Yeah. Probably some cigarettes butts on the ground and whatever. There's probably a little stoop, this, that, whatever. Yeah. Whole it's scene. Like, okay. What do we need to do to change it? So it doesn't completely remind you of the smoking. Okay. We're getting rid of the ashtray. We're getting rid of this thing. Maybe we're putting some more plants back there. Mm-hmm. You know, th- things that don't make it your smoking area. Okay. Right? So we're not just providing the hypnosis. We're also su- providing the support for it. Because like with things like breaking a habit like that, yeah, you can get into the subconscious, but you want to set people up for success. And so it's like what's happening in the environment. Right. So then after you go through the Taylor protocol and there's several steps in it, I just went over a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, after you go over the Taylor protocol, then I go back later and do a recording for the client. Okay. And in that recording, you know, it talks about the things that we talked about. So what is it that they're, they're wanting and why do they want it? And just several steps, but just, really getting it into their subconscious about what it is they want, what it looks like and why they want it. Those kinds of things. And I send them, I send them, um, an MP3, but what I do with my MP3s is I just kind of ask my clients what they prefer. Now I I sort of find that people sometimes use this new age music, but for me, (laughs) what I was resonating with, I was like, you know what? I, I really want to create something more that sounds like sort of a Spike Lee movie where somebody's talking, but there's like jazz music in the background, mm-hmm. something like this. And so I give my clients the choice <clears throat> and just kind of say, you know, what music do you feel like would work for you? And then once that's done, uh, once they've made a selection, then I just kind of put that in the background. Um, so I have uh, a couple of pieces that I work with and what have you. Um, and then I send it off to them and then, you know, they, they listen to it for a little while. And then, uh, we meet maybe a couple of weeks later to see how things are going. And then also to see if the recording needs to be changed. Okay. Cause I mean, you know, you go through this and then it's like, wait, I thought of something else. There's something even deeper that I need to get to. So, so it's a whole thing. I, I like the support piece. Like I think, that's where sometimes when it comes to helping someone help themselves is where's the support, you know, where's the, all right, you know, I want to stop smoking, but you're right. When you're, it's hard to get rid of something when you're reminded of it. Like I'm having, you know, this whole diet thing I'm going through. 
you know, but thankfully my girlfriend doesn't eat a lot and we don't have a lot of, there's not a lot of junk food here. Like before I started, um, I paid them and I was like, all right, I want to start on this specific date because I want to eat all the crap I want to eat and some of the stuff I don't even want to look at. Like I don't want to open my cabinet and see all those juicy, delicious, salty, crunchy potato chips that I can't have. So you're right. Like I did some cleaning and some moving and um, even some coworkers were like, oh, we have this. We're ordering out. Come to our room. No, I don't want to see y'all eating this this food that I can't have. Like I'm getting it out of my my view and just focusing on where I'm trying to be and where I'm trying to get to. I'm focusing on the journey. So I need to have my environment reflect part of the journey. I like that. I feel like I just had a session with you. How much I owe you? Don't answer that. <laughs> Cousin, I only got one more question for you. Well, one and a half. Um, For the person, young man or young lady, whatever you choose to identify yourself as, who is growing up and is on this journey of self-discovery and learning and tinkering, what words of wisdom do you have for them based on your own experiences? I'm also going to welcome planetarily tenured people as well. Don't just have to be young in order to. Um... <laughs> yes, planetary. Whoa, say that. <laughs> say that again. Planetarily tenured people. Okay. <laughs> that was one of the best sophisticated jokes I've ever heard in my life. It wasn't a joke, it was serious, but. <laughs> That oh my goodness, I'm using that. Don't copyright it. I need I need I need to be able to use that. No, you cannot have that. People already associate with that with me. I've said it several times, like, no, cousin, you can't have it. I wanna borrow it. You can borrow it, but you need to still link it back to me, sir. I will. I, I will have a head for business. I mean, this is being now. recorded. Everyone heard where it came Everyone from. Everyone heard. So I can't steal it. I had to say before I answer this question, cousin, you did say something so wise and I turned it into a little bit of a ditty and it's not even a ditty. It's just one thing because you just talked about pork chops and you were like, oh, you know, but I mean, and this is what you said and I sang it. I'm like, pork is kryptonite for black people. <laughs> it is. I used to say that. <laughs> I used to say that to the teachers because you know I work mostly <laughs> with white people and I'd be like, yo, pork is the black man's kryptonite and they would laugh. And I'm like, well, you got to look at the health issues in the black community. And there's pork. Sometimes it's pork three times a day, but it is. But it's so good. <laughs> it is so good. Like, if you don't like bacon, I can't trust you. I ain't say you got to eat it. But if you say you don't like it, I've never met anyone who says they don't eat bacon. I've met people who don't eat chicken or fried chicken. But I've never met anyone who does not do bacon. So you have no vegetarian or vegan or pescatarian friends? I have a few, yes. They're not eating bacon, sir. I said those who don't like it, not those who don't eat it. Have you heard? What's up? So your vegetarian and vegan friends are saying, yeah, we don't eat this, but we love the concept of bacon. Is that what you're telling me? No, we haven't had the conversation, Okay. Okay, I, I, I invite you to attempt to have that conversation with them. Then I'll lose friends. <laughs> I 
Listen, answer the question. Words okay, of wisdom. Okay, okay. I just felt the need to throw that in there because I'm like, now I think about it and that I, I created that song because I was like, I heard you say this and I was like, wow. We had a whole, you know, thing on it, you know? But anyway. Um, and because you mentioned pork chops and I know I've seen you cook. I've seen you put your dishes on display and I've seen pork chops more than once. Yes. So. So the question is for all people, regardless of how long they have been on the planet, what I would say uh, in terms of self-exploration, is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would say anytime's a good time to start anything. It doesn't have to be with a holiday. It doesn't have to even be a Monday. It can just be like, you know what? It's three o'clock on Wednesday. I'm starting this effective like right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I would say is progress is progress, even if it's like a tiny step. And even if something doesn't work out the, think, the way you think it's going to work out in terms of exploring what works for you, like specifically, like if we talk about, you know, you're trying to change your eating habits and exercise and things like that. Let's say you try some vegetarian dish and you don't like it. What you've just learned is, okay, that's not going to be the thing that works for me. But, you know, try something else. Right. So it doesn't have to be like a failure. It's like, yeah, I need to I need to exercise more, but I don't really like running. I like biking. So let me do that. So also take small steps. Don't try to change everything at once. Just work with just a few things at a time. Just a couple of things like let me get a couple of extra glasses of water in today. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. And let me keep that up. Let me follow my watch. or You know, I think a lot of people have like Fitbit, Apple watches in terms yeah, of exercise. Sure. And that's another thing we can talk about another day. But exercise versus movement, like movement is what's important. It doesn't always have to be exercise. But maybe I'll follow my watch and just, you know, for this week, try and start getting up whenever it says to stand and walking maybe upstairs and down the stairs and come back. Yes. So little doing doing little things like that are important and really to just take it easy on yourself like don't beat yourself up nobody was born into a certain thing and nobody was born knowing anything um and if you've had years and years of doing something one way it's you're not going to change it in one day no right it's going to take you a little bit of time to change the direction that you're moving in and that's because you had one learned thing and now you're learning something else. So take pride and comfort in knowing I'm learning something else. And so this is back to the subconscious. You're reprogramming what's in your subconscious mind. And so you think about, well, how long would it take for me to reprogram a routine in a computer? I can't just do that just like with a snap of a finger. I mm-hmm. have to work at it. Mm-hmm. So same thing. So I think those are the main things. The the, be, the don't beat yourself up part is just so important because I think, um, you know, when we get to talking about that inner critic uh, that's there, that voice that's saying, mm, no, you can't do it or you're not going to succeed or here's why you shouldn't make this change. Uh, once people start coming up against that, unless they have effective ways of dealing with it, um, that becomes a challenge. So start by just really being in gratitude uh, with the things you are achieving and the place you want to go. You have just unequivocally proven that we are related. Um, I definitely preach some of those same things on the podcast. And one of the things I post every now and again on Facebook and on social media is every day 
is an opportunity to take a step forward. A step, y'all. A step. Think about how many steps you take in a day. Every day is an opportunity for you to look at something. And I mean, it could be as simple as an article, a YouTube video, a conversation, going into a store that you've never been in. The smallest thing, that's an opportunity for you to take a step forward. So that is some very golden advice. And cousin, tell them where they can find you if they want to book sessions online or if they want to get to know more information. This will also be put in the description. Sure. Uh, I'm at evergreenwellnessjourneys.com. Uh, on there, you can book a 20-minute kind of conversation just to kind of understand what you're looking for and where you're at. Also, if you know that you're ready, you can go to my Work With Me page, and on there you can see the different packages that I offer. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Cousin, thank you for joining me. This has thank been a great conversation. No problem. This has been a great conversation. Um, I'm going to go on your website and look at some things. Uh, I, my girlfriend is that. <laughs> I wish y'all could see this. I don't record video. This is one of the reasons why I need to start recording video. But my girlfriend's probably going to go in there and book a session because she looks super interested. But thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you check out my cousin's website, evergreenwellnessjourney.com. Link in the description. You already know you can support us by clicking on our link tree link and shopping with our affiliates. You can email us if you want to donate directly to the show, admin at fmepodcast.com or rob at fmepodcast.com. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves physically, mentally, and financially. And we'll catch y'all next time. Peace.